<clears throat> yeah, once again, man, I just love it, man, when we get to sing songs that tell that whole truth, that don't hold back. You know what? It could be cool. It could get crazy. No matter what, Jesus, I'm with you. Amen? All right? We, we, we sing a lot of these songs, man, and, and we sing them on purpose. But I love this line that we sang. I don't know if you recognize. The second line that we sang into that song was, because I chose this path and made this vow, I'll never turn around. Because I chose this, because I chose this path, all right, and made this vow, I will never turn around. Basically, we're saying, you know what? My promises, my commitment, my vows are mine to keep and not for circumstance to change. Amen? amen. Think about it. We're quick to say amen, but wait, 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 man. You know what I mean? Come on. We're so fast to just jump on the train, all right? Because listen to what you're saying, man. All right, we're saying that you know what? You know when I made a promise to Christ, when I when I made a commitment to Jesus, when I made my vows before God, you know what? I mean? it, it gets crazy, right? You know when you give your life to Christ, doesn't everything just pan out real smooth? <laughs> no. All right, so so we're recognizing this. And we're saying, you know what? This is my promise to keep, my commitment to make, keep, my vow to keep, not for circumstances to change, amen? Either I'm committed to Jesus, all right, and, and trust him fully no matter what, or I'm not committed and I don't trust him. Now here's the thing, man, whether we admit this or not, every one of us here are challenged daily in this area. Because daily, man, we're, we, we lose focus, right? Daily, we're constantly distracted. Daily, man, it seems like someone or something is trying to pull us away to our, from our position in Christ. Usually, a lot of times, it's the circumstances of, 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 of hardships and struggles and sometimes even tragedy that just pull us away. And we end up questioning God like it's all his fault. Why do you think that happens so easily, man? Why do you think that happens so easy, man? I mean, we just get pulled away so easy, and we, and we, and we blast on God so easy. I think a lot of times, because we, you know, we, we've been trained to be self-sufficient. All right, this is America, right? <laughs> we've been trained to be very, very self-sufficient, right? And, 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 and you know what? And, and if, it, if, if we can't fix it, then it just can't be fixed. And we'd rather blame God in a lot of cases. Come on, man. Just trying to be honest. I'm with you, man. All right? We'd rather blame God than ask him for help sometimes. And I, you know, I see it a lot of times. Christian or non-Christian alike. It's just like people in general, man. We are quick, all right, to take credit when things are going really well. All right? And we are even quicker to blame God when they're not. All right? It's crazy. I, I know this. I've been there, man. I've been the struggle with you all. I'm not exempt from these things trying to attack me from the left or right, you know, from behind or whatever when I'm not looking. But I have to remind myself. All right, I have to remind myself. And, I would, and, I, and today I want us to, because the scripture where we're showing up in Luke, we're just, it just leads us. That's why I love going through books of the Bible. You can't skip stuff. You have to kind of deal with some things as they come. And today, this is where our scripture has taken us. And I want you to challenge you on everything. If you're going to fall asleep in the next five minutes, I will yell louder just so you can hear this, all right? Because this is important, all right? <laughs> like, I didn't know you could yell louder. Uh, 
Just watch. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. All right? But if you do, man, I want you to admit it. No, if you do, because you're not allowed. Don't miss this point. Jesus never promised trouble-free life, but he did promise that no matter what, he will always be with us in this life. Didn't promise. Matter of fact, he promised that we would have a troubled life. You don't believe me? Check it out. John chapter, uh, thir- uh, was it, 1633. I said these things check it out, so, so, so that you may have peace. In the world, where are we at right now? <laughs> we are in the world, man. This is the world. We're here. We're there. You okay, here we are. We're, 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 we're at the world, all right? All right? In the world, he says, he says, you will have what? And that means struggle. That means trouble. That means hardship. That means pain. That means suffering. In the world, Jesus said these words. It is a promise. You will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. All right? But, but wait, 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 wait. We love to say that, but what does that even look like? Okay, good for you, Jesus. I'm still dealing with this. I want to talk about that. Let me ask you this. Why do you think we're so quick to trip out when trouble comes even though we knew he said it would. Why do you think? I, you know, and sometimes I'm not quite sure that a lot of us know he said that it would, or we remind ourselves, right? And I think the problem is a lot of times we and, and many people, man, we're not actually really quick to read or share the hard stuff, the whole truth of Scripture, like we sang through that song. The whole truth, man, things could get crazy. Trouble is actually promised. If you read through the scriptures, all right, and you're trying to find one non-dysfunctional family in the whole scriptures, good luck. You will not find it. Right? There's struggles, there's constant problems, it gets crazy, and we need to talk about it more. It was in sermon prep, and one of the young ladies said that, you know, she had a kid that she was ministering to, and she said that the, her whole life, this kid's whole life, was, was told all just the, the happy things in the scriptures, and that's not a problem. Tell the happy things, but you gotta, you gotta tell the, other, the real stuff. The other stuff as well, not that happiness isn't real, but, but the crazy stuff as well. And they said because of this, all they told her was those really, the really positive, pleasant things, right? Which is not a problem again, all right? But they left out the other stuff. And because of that, when, when she got struck with some troubles, when she got hit with some hardships, guess what, man? She walked away from God and did not trust the Bible anymore. We tend to share these filtered versions of God's word. The positive stuff is huge and important. We need to be uplifted. But you know what? We're going to get punched in the gut. And we need to be ready for it. We need to be able to take a punch. Right? We become so attraction-oriented that, that we, uh, you know, we're afraid to tell some of the hard facts of the, of the scriptures, man, and, and, and the truth of this planet that we live on. But the cool thing is, man, the truth, all right, is that even in the hard parts, there's some really, really good parts. There really, really is. So this one you thought, man, I probably could have just stayed home and watched something else. All right? It gets better. <laughs> it always does. Praise the Lord. Because he won, man. He won. He already won, right? And we're with him. So hold on a second, all right? I need to pray for us, <laughs> and please pray for me that nobody throws anything. All right, praise the Lord. Ready? Here we go. Father, we just give you the praise. Lord God, we give you the honor. We give you the glory. 
Guide us, Lord God. Help us to understand, Lord God, your truth here. Not only your truth, but your victory and your promise and just your presence, Lord God, which is so important. Please give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you've not been here, man, we're going through the book of Luke. If you've not been here, like, damn, what did I walk in on, all right? The truth, hopefully. Praise the Lord, amen? All right? And so we're going through the book of Luke, all right? We've been going through the book of Luke. We're going to be going through the book of Luke until we're done going through the book of Luke, all right? Right now, we're in chapter 8. Praise the Lord, right? And, uh, and so we get to this one part, and it's kind of a familiar story. You'll see as I start to share where, you know, the guys get in a boat and it gets all crazy. Jesus is taking a nap, and they start freaking out, all right? So check it out. Let's just kind of start off right here. In Luke chapter 8, verse 22, let's kind of just engage with God in this story right here that he's given us, all right? One day, Luke is kind of just going through the life of Christ. If you've not read the book of Luke before, it's an amazing book, one of my favorite. It's actually my favorite gospel of all the four gospels. But he's just going through the, the through, you know, these snapshots of Jesus' life. Sometimes you'll get an extended snapshot. Other times he'll jump from one scene to another. He'll pass up a couple of months, a few months. One time he passes up almost a whole year, all right? And just to get to these snapshots is pretty amazing. And so we have this one day. Luke 8, 22, one day, all right, Jesus, he got into a boat with his disciples. He got into the boat. This is very, very important for us to remember. All right, Jesus chose to get in the boat with these knuckleheads, all right? So, you know what I mean? So he gets in the boat, all right? And, and I want to remind you, right, that, that, that when, you, when you trust Christ, when you pursue to follow Christ, he gets in your boat, man, all right? And you know what? You're like, I don't know, my mom, and we want to clean the boat real quick before he gets in. We want to make sure it's all patched up. He gets in as is. I'm telling you right now, when you give your life to Christ, Jesus gets in your boat as is. You got to remember that, all right? So he gets in the boat with these guys, all right, he gets in the boat with the disciples and he says to them, this is very, very important. He says, Jesus says, anytime he says, anytime Jesus says, you can be sure that what he says is true, is, is reliable, will happen, or has already happened for sure. You could trust the integrity of the words that come out of Jesus' mouth. And he says to them, let us go to the other side of the lake. And so they set out, all right? He said, let us, let, you, let, let us go to the other side, all right? That's, that's where they were going, all right? And he gave his word that they're gonna go there, all right? And we just might take it like as part of conversation piece. This is what he said. He didn't just say, let's go out into the lake. He didn't tell them, just go out into the lake. He said, let's go. All right, that should have been enough right there, don't you think? That should be enough right there. That should have been enough. That should be enough right there. Not only did he give his word, but he got into the boat. How many times do we know this and we still freak out? Right? Now, I get it. If I had a boat and I said, hey, you know, this is a five-mile long. The boat, this lake at its biggest part was like eight miles long, eight miles wide. They were going just a part of a five-mile stretch, which is still significant for a lake. Now, if I got in a boat and I said, hey, man, get in the boat with me. We're going to go to the other side of the lake. We might make it, right? We might make it. I'm not much of a captain, all right? You know, I, I love, I like, when you, if you go fishing with me, if I don't catch a fish in the first two minutes, I'm diving in and I'm swimming. I'm going to have a good time, 
right? I'm not much of a, of a guy who, who'll take you out on a boat, all right? You know, we might make it. We might not make it <laughs> just because it's me, all right? I remember going deep sea fishing with my son years ago. And we got on the boat right there in California. And they said, we're going to drive out this. I said, well, you know, we're going to, they didn't tell us this till we were already on the boat and moving, by the way. I thought we were just going to go out and go fishing. Now I said, we're going to drive. So where are we going to go fishing? He said, we're going to go head straight off the coast for three hours. <laughs> I said, well, I kind of want, I'm inside of me. I said, please turn around, please turn around, please turn around, please turn around. I'm just not that guy. All right, I know a lot of you guys, you're that guy. Praise the Lord. Please bring me some fish when you catch it because I'll eat the, cr- the crud out of that fish, all right? All right, and so anyways, I, I, I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. We're going three hours. You see, I've been scuba diving before, all right? And the very first time I went scuba diving, the very first time I went into the ocean scuba diving, I saw a whale not even eight feet away from me. And he owned it. All right, he was owning it. This was his territory, man. I was not the, I was a visitor and probably not that welcome. People say whales, you know what? You ain't gonna worry about that. Their mouth is bigger than me. I don't care about what you say. No, 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 no. The second time, okay, the second time I went scuba diving, the very second time, uh, that, that same week we went scuba diving again off the coast of Monterey, all right? Went scuba diving off the coast, right? And I found a, we, we found a, a wrecked plane underwater, all right? It was pretty wild. It was pretty awesome. But you know what? It tells me two things about the ocean, man. Things wreck in the ocean and they go straight to the bottom, Right? And there are things living in the ocean that are way bigger than you, man. And they're probably looking at you like you don't belong there. (laughs) And that's enough to keep me out of any boat that goes three hours off the coast that Jesus himself isn't navigating. (laughs) But when Jesus says, get in, we're going to the other side. You can bet that boat's going to get to the other side. You can bet on it. Our problem is, is so many times, man, we put the word other side in Jesus' mouth for him when he didn't say it. When there's stuff going on in our life, we put the word other side in his mouth. He's going to get us to the other side. He said other side. No, he was telling these, it was a situation. There's a lot of other sides he gives us in the scriptures that he'll get us to the other side. But there's a lot that, you know what, it's just, it's just going to happen. I have a sticker when I collect the, like, really kind of, I like, I have really weird taste in stickers. Anyways, I have some stickers in my office, right? And, you know, one of them actually has Jesus doing that Boy Scout sign. You know, he does this Boy Scout signal. You know, some of you probably really like that. I'm probably making fun of you. I probably shouldn't. But it's just a drawing, man. Come on. I've never seen, you know, Jesus doing the Boy Scout symbol. You know what I mean? But, and then on the bottom, there's a caption that said, um, I never said that. All right? And so <laughs> I, it just helps me in remembering that there are some things that he never said. And there's things that we put into his mouth. And we have to be very, very careful, all right, when he doesn't say other side to say, you said other side. And to walk away when we don't make it to the other side. This is important. Because sometimes it gets crazy. Look at verse 23. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Right? (laughs) 
They went out in this boat, man. They're sailing out in this boat. And Jesus takes a nap. Why not? Why not? Personally, I find it hard to sleep in a boat because I'm too busy looking for something just really huge to just swim underneath us. All right? <laughs> but he slept. And a windstorm came on the lake. All right? A little hot air, cold air mixture causing some chaos. Happens all the time. All right? Now, there were some seasoned fishermen out there on that lake. These guys knew what was going to happen, right? They guys, these guys knew, that, knew that, that it could get crazy, but there were some other guys that weren't fishermen, all right? There was, there was Thomas. There was, there was a tax collector named Matthew. There were some guys that just weren't, they weren't about this life. And a windstorm came, and on, on the lake, and they were, they were, filling, they were filling with water, in the, and, they were, and they were in danger. They were in danger danger. There was a possibility of straight up chaos and tragedy. But Jesus was in the boat, man. Jesus was in the mess. Jesus was, was in the storm with them. With them, man. He wasn't far off. He wasn't really long removed from it. He was experiencing the same thing that they were saying. But he was taking a nap. He was peaceful. He was handling it way different. Here's what I know about this. When you know that Jesus is in the boat with you and you're in the boat with Jesus, because of Jesus, sink or sail, you're good. See, we don't want to give a real quick amen on that. We just want to sail. And I get it. I want to sail too. But are you ready to sink just in case? Sink or sail, I'm with him. Live or die, I'm with him. Is that enough for you? Is it enough, man? We have to preach the whole word of God. Verse 24, and they woke him. They went and they woke him up. And they're freaking out. Master, master, we are perishing. We're dying right here, man. It is nuts right here. It is going crazy. I don't know, you know what, if we're going to make it, and you're probably not going to make it either, all right, because we're out in the middle of this pretty darn big lake, all right, and you know what, you need to get up. I like to trip out on like, because you know who's in the boat, all right? And you know it wasn't Peter, all right, who was saying, man, no, he's, he's at work. No, don't wake him up. You know what I mean? Get, we're going to make it through. I mean, there's a lot of Peters here like, don't wake him up, man. We got this. We're going to get through this. To, to, you know, you know J James, you know, uh, Andrew, he gets buckets. We've done this before. Just do it. Meanwhile, you got Thomas in the back going, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, man. You know what I mean? We should have came. We should have walked. It was a good scenery. Why couldn't we walk? It would have took that much longer. We could have walked. It would have been really pretty. Everybody, and Matthew, man, he's like doing the math. It's like, oh, man, this is not good, all right? This is just not good. We're going to die, all right? I don't know which one woke him up, man, but I love to think about which one is just kind of like, get up! Wake up! And he woke up, man, and he, and, and he, he, rebuked, he rebuked the wind. He told the wind, stand down. Stand down. And the raging waves... Stand down. He didn't speak to the hot air or to the cold air that's causing this mess. 
he just spoke to the situation. And he reminded the guys, look at him right here with you. And this ceased. And there was a calm. How many times do you feel like you need to wake up Jesus? And instead he wakes you up. How many times do you feel like you just need to wake him up, man? You just need to get, get him up, man. You need Jesus. Are you need, come on, man. Where are you at, man? Are you, did you go somewhere? Are you with that? You know, I know my neighbor's probably a way better Christian than me, but you know what? What about, you know, we kind of think we need to wake Jesus up to these circumstances. And in fact, man, he, he wakes us up. I can't tell you how many times I've gone through different tragedies and different crazinesses in my personal life, in my family life. And I thought I needed to wake, wake him up. You know, I just, I just need to wake him up. You know, and, uh, and he wakes me up. After I rant, after I rage, you know what I mean? After I just blow it for a little while, he wakes me up. I remember one time I was just struggling, man, with some a particular situation, and I just didn't think he saw it. And he led me to this scripture here in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, and it actually goes on a little further than this, but here's what he told me. He says, but now, but right now, but now, but even in this moment, even in this craziness, even in this, this, this the chaos that you're, you're seeing to be encircled, and even in the, the fire, the, the flames are just consuming you. He says, even when you feel like these waves are just crashing against you, he says, look at man, but now, even now, here's what the Lord says. Man, say now with me. Say now, now. Now, even now. Here's what this timeless Word of God says, he who created you, oh, Jacob. And we say, well, he's talking to Jacob. Hey, Jacob is, is, is what he called Israel at the time, right, in, in this area. And well, well, he's talking to Israel. Well, it, you know, the scriptures tell us that we have been part, grafted into the tree of Israel, his chosen people, the royal priesthood. All right, we can go on and on forever right there. But this, he's talking to us is what I'm trying to say. He who created you, he who formed you, O Israel, here's what he said. Fear not. You're like, there's a lot to be afraid of right now. Fear not. God, I could lose my life right now. Fear not. God, I could lose somebody. Fear not. Because I have redeemed you. I'm, I've, I've pulled you out of this. I've redeemed you, he says. I have called you by name. You are mine. No matter what, live or die, man. We have to get this settled, man. You are his. I am yours. The two most important words you could tell God and really, really mean it, I'm yours. Live or die. Sink or sail, I'm yours. He said, you're mine. 
He says, I have, this is the past tense. I've done this. It's done. It's finished. We, me, you and I have been redeemed by the blood of Christ. You see, life will take you out. Absolutely. Yes, I've seen it. I've felt it. I've been there. All right. Life will take you out. All right. Or it'll take you out, but it won't take you all the way out because there's more to this life than just this life. You understand, there is more to this life. He's trying to tell us, man, there is a greater reality. And I know it's how we're having a good time down here, man, right? All right, there's some stuff I still want to do. But it pales in comparison to what he has planned for us. The problem is, Sometimes we think, or sometimes we feel, the redemption, I'm just going to be, okay, I'm going to be honest right here. Sometimes we think, sometimes we feel that redemption is just not enough, right? Nobody wants to say right, but we've kind of felt this when we're going through a crazy situation, all right, and this is just, you know, going nuts, man, and God says, I've redeemed you. You're like, okay, but still, this and it's like, it's like it's not enough. I mean, why? Because we, we can't cash out on it right now. It doesn't fix immediately, all right, what's right here in front of us. The problem is we only treasure what we can see. So often, we only treasure what we can see. But I got a warning for you, man, and I'll put it up here. Valuing our life over the life giver will lead to an unhealthy life. A very unhealthy life. He says in Isaiah 43, 2, when, not if, when, again, another promise, when you pass through these waters, I will be with you, in the water with you, and through the rivers, and they're not going to overwhelm you. They will not eternally devastate you. Did you hear that? They will not eternally devastate you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame will not consume you. Because the reality of redemption is with us always. And we're not eternally taken out of the box. He's with you. He understands exactly what you're going through. And I know a lot of you are like, I don't think he does. This is bad. How do you even know that he, that he does? I'm going to let a little kid talk to you for a minute. His name is Logan Henderson. You may have heard of him. But he called into this radio station, right? And he just this is one of those Christian radio stations. You just kind of talk and you can call and share a point of view or whatever. Little kid, 12 years old, 13, I don't remember how old he was. He called in just, well, check it out. Listen. Hey, Mike, can I talk to you? You bet, Logan, what's up? 
I want to tell you something that God just told me. Okay. Last night, my dad was roping this calf. And this calf had been born from a really old cow. She she didn't have really the greatest milk. She didn't have, like, the vitamin C and stuff. Okay. Hold on. Mom? So cute, I guess, his mom was talking to him. I'm talking right now. I'll be up in a But Sorry about <laughs> that. But anyway... <laughs> She broke her back, and this morning I went out and put her down myself. I was talking to God, I was asking God why she was special, and God said, you know, Logan, but my son was special, but he died for a purpose. It's kind of the same thing. That calf was close to me. And God's son was close to him. Logan, you're you're so right. It's true. Think you're gonna be okay? Yeah, I'll be fine. But I just wanted to tell you guys that that is so important. Just remember when you lose a loved one or a pet. Always remember that God gave his son too, and he understands. He will always understand. He will always just run to him. Logan, you're wiser than you know, buddy. Oh, sometimes I don't think I'm wise. Trust me, I've done a lot of stupid stuff. (laughs) But I've learned from it. Yeah, but see, buddy, that's what makes you wise, somebody that learns from their mistakes. Figured I'd better call and share with you guys. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah. That perspective, the faith of a child, sometimes we've worked ourselves out of it. God understands, He does know. He is with you in the fire, in the water, in the craziness, and in the chaos. He understands. See, he was in this life, Jesus, and yet he still went to the cross all the way to the cross. He endured the suffering. He endured the pain. He endured the mockery. He endured the rejection. And he endured his last, his last breath for you and for me. Our redemption was and is costly. And it is enough. Is it? He understands, man, what life is like in the boat. He's been in the boat. He understands what life is in the boat, like in the boat, out in the middle of an unceasing storm. God knows your struggle, your pain, your concern, and he shares it. In Luke 8, 25, finally, Jesus, after he went through all that, he got up, and the first thing he looks at the guys and he said to them, where is your faith? 
a great question for all of us. I mean, they marveled at it. They said to one another, who is this? And what, that he commands the, the winds and the water and they obey him? Absolutely, those are great questions. But his was better. Where's your faith? Heading into the storm. Where's your faith? In the middle of the storm, where's your faith? And even on the other side of the storm, where's your faith? He's with you. I know this because he promised to be with us. Look at Matthew 28, 20. Behold, I am with you. Okay, there you go. Always to the end of the age. He says, I'm always in the boat. The question is, are you in it with him? That's the better question. Where's your faith? Are you in the boat with him? You're like, how can I know? I gotta ask you a question. I ask you this often now, and I think it's a very important question to repeat. But if Jesus, now check this out, if Jesus was all you had right here, right now, would he be enough? Let's leave that question set up there for just a second. If you took away everything you had in life, and we're just standing here with Jesus, would that be enough for you? If Jesus was all you had right here, right now, would he be enough? What will it take to make him enough? That pl- that, that's the place where you and I, we need to get there, man, and we need to be there, and we need to stay there and just see what happens. You see, Jesus never promised, again, never promised a trouble-free life, but what he did promise is that no matter what, he will be with us in it. I know some of you got a question, though, man. You're like, well, what if the storm doesn't end? In, you know, what if it doesn't have an end in sight? What if I can't see an end to this storm? What if I just, this is just my lot in life. This is just my new reality. What if I'm just, you know, what if I'm just, it doesn't have an end in sight? Stay close and pray. Last week we told you to stay close. Stay close to, to Jesus. Stay close with him. You know, and, and then stay close to his word. Alan Redpath said to be saturated in the word of God is to be assured of the presence of God. Did you understand? Did you hear that? To be saturated in the word of God is to be assured of the presence of God. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to his word and stay close to his people and pray. Pray. You're like, pray what? Pray Pray to it and pray through it. Pray to it and pray through it. Pray to it. Don't pray for an easy life. Stop praying for an easy life. Instead, pray for the strength to endure a difficult one because then you'll know how to truly live in both. Pray to it, pray through it, that the place of accepting the storm will, will, will instill staying close to Jesus anyways. That's praying through the storm. And this has way more eternal value than the storm being calmed. So what I want you to do, what can we do about this? Well, it depends who you are. It depends on what's going on in your life right now and what's causing it. You see, this is not that general sermon. This is very specific to each of our lives because each of us have these things that are just poking man and just changing and just consuming, seemingly consuming and overwhelming. But I, I want you to, I got a few questions here, four of them actually to be exact, and, and then one thing I want you to do with it. 
And, and one of these questions might describe you and the others might not. So I'll find the one that describes you and I'm gonna go through them, all four of them, and then I'm gonna put all of them up there again so you can look at them. But I want you to ask the question. All right, I wanna put this question up there. I want you to ask this question and then I want you to answer the question and then I want you to act on it. Again, it all depends on what's causing the chaos in your life. So let me just put the first one up there. Is the storm in your life because of your faith? Is there a storm in your life right now because of your faith? Because you're just so connected to God, and, you know, there will be persecution, there will be tribulation. Is it because of your faith? Is it because, you know what? Sometimes, you know, they're, they're, they causes, our faith causes a lot of ripples and sometimes some mighty waves. So is the storm because of your faith? Then celebrate it and give glory to God. Celebrate that and give glory to God. Is the storm, what about this? Is the storm because of your sin? Because you know what? Have you caused some of the chaos in your life and there's a bunch of residual consequences and there's even more stuff happening because of your sin, the sin that you did or the sin that you're doing, all right, or continuing to do? Is it because of your sin? Well, then repent and change the weather. Or number three, is the storm, all right, because of a broken world? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Is the storm because of someone else's sin? Number three, is the storm because of someone else's sin? Because someone else has caused some chaos in your life and they're continually sinning, all right? And you know what? Well, then what do you do? You pray for them. You love them and reflect, all right, Jesus and reflect, reflect Christ. Now, sometimes you might have to do that from a distance because of the pain that, this, that that sin is causing. Or finally, is, is the storm because of we live in a broken world? And because things just break, man. There's, 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 there's weather systems that are just going nuts and are causing you know, tragedies and stuff like that. There's accidents. There's all kinds of just craziness. We live in a broken world and we gotta stop trying to think it's perfect or we can make it perfect because there's only one perfect one and that's Jesus. We could change it and we, and we, and we, can, and we can reflect Christ and it does change the weather. But if the storm is because of a broken world, then thank God for redemption and show the world the gospel, the gospel of Jesus. Here are those four questions. Let me just put them up there one more time. We get all four of them. Is it because of your faith or is it because of your sin? Is it because of someone else's sin or is it because of a broken world? What's causing the storm in your life? Ask the question, answer the question and respond to it, act on it. And then finally, be ready to comfort those who comfort you with the comfort that you've been comforted with. See that verse right there, 2 Corinthians chapter one, verse three through seven. I want you to write that verse down because when you get to the other side of the storm, a lot of times we just take it easy, but God gives us some work to do on the other side of the storm. So take a look at those verses. Please write that verse down. Please remember it, take a picture of it, whatever the case may be, and please read that so you know what to do on the other side of the storm. He gives us instructions for the other side. Now right now, what I want you to do, I want you to listen for God. Listen for God in that scripture. Listen to God, how he spoke to you today. Listen for God. Now recognize that, that, that God's 
voice is not the loudest voice in the room. He's not going to give the loudest voice in the room. He's going to speak to you through a whisper. It's not going to be through the, through, the, through the craziness or this fire or this raging storm, all right? It's going to be through a whisper if you just listen for him. You're going to need to get close, though. And you're going to need to stay close. Because God is always very, very close. Amen? If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. Please, man, take advantage of that. Praise the Lord. You still got some work to do, amen? Night out.